This is the Blue White Breakdown, the premier podcast for all things Penn State football. Talk about culture. It's something that should show up in every aspect of your program. It's the Blue White Breakdown, brought to you by Penn Live. Here are your hosts, Bob Flounders and David Jones. It's time to talk a little college football. Notice I didn't just say Penn State football, because it's been a pretty busy uh, last couple of days for a lot of reasons. Talk interesting football over the weekend. Army-Navy Day is Saturday. Uh, we're not going to talk about the Heisman Trophy. Uh, that's that, that's going to be awarded this weekend, but Penn State's going to play Old Miss in the Peach Bowl. Uh, Lane Kiffin, uh, round two. There is a round one. It involves Silas Red. I think some Penn State fans will remember that, but not younger Penn State fans. And then there's also the college football, uh, you know, the the the, uh, the final four for college football. It was you couldn't please everyone, Dave. What'd you think of that? Uh, I just think that they, I just think that some, the team that got left out was going to be pretty ticked off. And uh, I, I just don't know what to make of this Florida State team, but they're unbeaten. And they have a really, really, really good defense. Like really. I did call, I did call it to you, didn't you I? You did. You did. They are, they are like a, they are like a supersized Iowa Hawkeyes right now. I guess that's how I put it. <laughs> they're much more athletic, much more dangerous, but they they do play great defense. They just are on their number two or three quarterback. Their 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 number two quarterback played quite well for them last year when he had to, and he would have been the quarterback, not the number three. I'm not even sure the committee understood that. <laughs> I mean. Secret, former secretaries of state on that committee. Like, who's on that? It's, I don't even know who was on that. Was Dick Well, Cheney it's it's a lot of former athletic directors and those types of people, and and they are athletic directors. What I was taught, I was texting to Bob, um, um, on I guess it was Friday night, wasn't it? It was either Friday or Saturday, and. I was saying these, I was arguing that these people are political animals because these days, athletic directors and commissioners, they're not former football players like they used to be in the old days where they just kick the the old football coach upstairs and let him run things. It hasn't been like that for 20 years. And these people are political movers. They're, they're, They're career climbers and they're absolutely political animals. So my idea, and I, I think it turned out correct, is that they were going to do the one thing that was most that, that could be rationalized most easily. You think they took the easy way out or the hard way out? Well, there was no easy way out, but there was an easier way out. Path of least resistance? Yes, like water flowing downhill. Find the crack. You know what else goes downhill? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of the same thing. No, what are you talking about? Um, <laughs> that's my septic tank guy. Um, <laughs> that, but 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 they found the way they could explain it most easily, and of course that's what they did. They found a little caveat in their mandate that says that if any coach or player becomes unavailable, that that's a factor. Well, of course the Florida State quarterback was very good, dynamic kid. He. He got he got knocked out with a broken leg against uh, some uh, some FCS team, and their second stringer had played very well. But then he got knocked out, and the third stringer had to play, and he wasn't any good. No, no I'm Cardell sure. Jones. No Cardell Jones. No, I mean that's a it's a different factor. I'm not sure at all. The committee understood that the ne- the number two guy who was pretty good and had played a, a while 
was going to be coming back and available. But but I even if they did understand it, they latched onto that because that was a way. It was a way out. It was a way out that it could, they could rationalize and explain, and that couldn't be argued. It can't be argued, and there are certain people who have embraced that argument, and that's not the best. You know, that's not going to be uh, the. Do you see Jeff Saturday? I, I found myself watching stuff that I never watch. You yes, know, Saturday, Peyton Manning's old center that was the yeah. <laughs> He was very, he was vehement in his opinion that it should be the four best teams. Uh, where did he play? I can't even remember Jeff Saturday. That is a really good question. He made, he, he was not a, he, he made himself into a very, very good center, but I don't remember where he called his. I should remember that. And I'm, I'm now I'm wondering if he's an SEC guy. See, I should have even, I should have just. It'll come right up. Looked it up. Look, let me ask you this. Do you think college football is all worried about a potential Ron DeSantis lawsuit? (laughs) I just saw that this morning. Oh my God! The the Saturday played at North Carolina, so <laughs> ACC. It could be that everyone's turning on Florida State and the ACC because they wanted out. So did Clemson. The, the Florida State, ex- especially, has been vehement about. Uh, well, well, they've been demonstrative about wanting to get out, and they didn't even really hide it uh, to the SEC. Wh- who can take them or leave them? Which we talked about last week. Did we talk about that last week? We might have. We might have. They're, they go. They go by so fast. They're a blur. <laughs> well, Florida State is. You know, they they talk about the teams that are good for expansion. The the bean counters, as far as pro rata, that's how they talk about it. And what that means is bang for the buck. Are they worth the bang for the buck? Do they pull in more revenue than the average of teams we have now? Florida State is kind of average that way they're a little above average clemson's actually below average of the sec so the sec is not clamoring to get these two teams to add and be become 18 uh like the big 10 did with washington and oregon because they're above pro rata uh for the big 10 so there there is no reason for the acc really to exist anymore, I don't think. I mean, this was a shot over the bow of the ACC in, in a lot of ways because the, the committee is saying, yeah, you went undefeated on your schedule. Doesn't matter. It doesn't <laughs> matter. Uh, I thought it was dramatic in a bunch of ways, especially that way. It was like telling the ACC and everyone in it, uh, get out now while they're getting as good. You, Florida State and, and, and Clemson, if you want out, yeah. this would be a good time for the, your lawyers <laughs> to examine any caveats in that grant of rights, which they already have, and it's going to be years, they're stuck there. They're stuck there with a bunch of people who don't want them and also a bunch of programs that probably will not exist at the highest level of the game when we get down to a Super League. But I got a little far afield, didn't I? Yeah. Bob? Hey, Dave, I hear, let's just bring it. Here, watch this. Watch what I'm going to do right here. Bigger omission, in your opinion, the current Florida State team or the 2016 Penn State team? Oh, this team for sure. But I mean, in ter- just in terms of what they would have done if they had gotten in. Oh, okay. You see, there's all these different ways you can, I know, you can that's look right. at I know there's just yeah. so many variables of looking at it. You have to explain what you're talking about to people before you have the argument. Yeah, or else they just flip. They're going to flip out anyway. That's a really good question. In fact, that's a column. You might have given me a column idea. You're welcome. <laughs> I'm doing the work so you don't have to, Jones. Because I believe that you should judge the season with a little bit of judgment 
toward what what they would do in the tournament. I mean, you're not. I think you're. What what's what's your belief? Should you be rewarding a an entire uh, sector of results the whole season, or should you be projecting what will happen? Yeah. Which is it? So it's it's the best versus the most deserving argument, right? Is that what you're saying based upon what they did in the regular season, or no? Yeah. Me, I would always I always want to see the four best teams. I do, and I, I just think that when you only have four teams in the playoff, there's going to be some years where people are going to get they're they're going to, be, going to get left out. But I, I want to see the four best. Okay, but have you always been correct in your judgments of who are the four no, best? No, there's there's the, there's the problem. And these people, do you trust them in judging <laughs> who are the four best? <laughs> they're looking at their analytics, but they don't really they don't really know. I mean, even their analytics, ESPN's analytics, put uh, the teams in question, Florida State 3, this is strength of record, they call it, which means the strength of all your results, given the opponents, the strength of the opponents, uh, Florida State 3, uh, uh, Alabama 4, and Texas 5. So Texas would have been out. Uh, I don't know. I just know that if, if Florida State had a couple of really good wins, they, they, they boat raced LSU. They did beat Clemson as well. Florida yeah, State. But Clemson's not as big a deal anymore, um, but, but it's still a good win. Uh, they boat raced the, the best quarterback in college football. Uh, they, they, they beat LSU conclusively. Alabama doesn't have a lot of great wins. I mean, when you're, you're judging a whole schedule, what are you judging? Or, or do we care that that Mississippi State is this much better than Syracuse? No. Uh, do we care that that Mississippi is that much better than Duke? No. It, it's it's the teams it's the teams in the top of the schedule that matter. The, the the best opponents, and I think it's a wash. So pick the team that won all their games. And and here's something else which I wrote in the column. Do you for a minute believe that if their uniforms have been reversed? That Alabama wouldn't be lauded and, and Nick Saban lauded for gritting through these last two wins with their their backup quarterbacks. Come on, uh, it, gritty, gutty wins. That's what that's what the narrative would be. But Florida State, no. So that's that's how I feel about it. But Penn State would have had a better chance in 2016. I think I think that's correct. I do. I do think that. that's that's more about how good that team was by the time they were. It really, really was. They were surging. I don't. I don't want to. I mean, they they did play a very good USC team in the Rose Bowl, and that was a hell of a game. But I think I just think that you look. I think the teams that got in that year uh, didn't you? Didn't Ohio State get shut out by Clemson? Uh, and then didn't did Alabama beat Washington? Thirty-one nothing. And didn't Alabama handle Washington? Was that the other team? That, yep. Yep. Yeah. Two not really competitive semifinals. I think Penn State ma- makes it more competitive. If they're in. Well, the the people who talked about it were talking about Ohio State getting in and not Penn State. Yeah, right. But at some point, you have to judge. I think the 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 forty nine ten loss in Ann Arbor. Yes, you do. But you can almost make a case for anything anymore. You really can. It's just two, what's two losses. No one had ever gotten in, and I don't know how you rationalize putting this team ahead of that team. Unless you just say, "Well, they're better now." Okay, they were better then, but 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 they were, and I think Penn State would have could have made a run in that tournament. I do, because I don't think uh, that was the year Clemson won won the whole thing, right? Yeah, I think it was 40, the forty five forty one game or whatever it was over Alabama. 
Um, yeah, they're they're gonna they're gonna perform in that game. the 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 problem is there are people trying to judge what's going to happen during a uh, the, the, during parts of a season we haven't played yet. I don't know how you accurately do that. Just judge the data you have, judge the whole season. That's what you're supposed to do, and and take out the caveat about uh, the, the injured player. And it shouldn't it shouldn't be. I mean, what happened with the Eagles? They 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 in in 2017 they won the Super Bowl with a backup quarterback. Would anyone have predicted that? Right. Who knows? Like Mike Kern used to say, "You told me." <laughs> this is the Blue White Breakdown. Before we get off this tub subject, Dave, no, we, I'm going to revisit this with you now because we're going to run out of time because as we get close to the bowl, let's just do it now. All right. Uh, you looked at you look at the field. We got we got I, I did it with Johnny. It's Michigan, Alabama, and it's uh, it's Washington and uh, Texas. I think that Texas game is in the Sugar Bowl, and I think I think uh, Shark Face is going to the Rose Bowl. Who wins? Who wins those two games? Who do you like to win it all? That's the thing I had wrong with you because I forgot about the seedings when I was, was arguing about what was happening, when was going to happen, because <clears throat> I did have the four teams correct. And this is the another thing. In a perfect world of putting this together, as long as you got four teams, why don't you make more appealing matchups? I don't know. Uh, I, I think these teams are all roughly equal, don't you, for considering what we've had in prior years? I do. I, yeah, I think I think each team – you each can make a case. Has, no, I don't think there's a powerhouse team, and I think right. each team has a, has a, a definite strength, but they're also vulnerable. I think each team is vulnerable. Right, right. I know this. Nick Saban despises Michigan. He's been bred to despise Michigan. He's, he's a West Virginia guy, but he kind of was raised and cut his teeth in coaching in Ohio. And he's, he, he's coached under not – not only is the head coach at Michigan State for five seasons from 95 to 99, but also for four years under George Perlis from 83 to 87. You breed a hatred for Big Brother at, at those – a good, healthy hate for those – in those circumstances. He's never the kind of, kind of guy who's going to talk about that. And then he was with the Browns, which is uh, Cleveland's a huge Ohio State city um, under under Belichick for a while. Uh, he was at Toledo, <laughs> Kent State. He's been at all these places where they really hate Michigan. And I, I can tell you for a fact, he hates Michigan. Um, I think that's a little juice for him. I do. At this age of his life, he's got a team that is – Playing much better at quarterback. The quarterback has played. Have you seen a quarterback that's improved that much during one season? Reason? Not many. I have, I, especially especially in the spots that he was in the last two games. Right, the throw against Auburn, even the effort against Auburn, and then, and then going against Georgia's defense, and really being, I mean, really being one of the guys that really shaped the outcome of that game. I. Milrow's only a sophomore, so yeah. he's still learning. He didn't he's play a that big much. Guy, too. I didn't realize how big he was until they interviewed him. How after. big is he? I don't. He, I, they listed him like 6'2", 220, I think. Yeah, was, yeah, it's like Michael Robinson size. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's a big guy. So he can handle himself. Um, I think he's on an upswing where I'm not sure J.J. J. McCarthy is. I think J.J. McCarthy's kind of plateaued. I think the Michigan offensive line is a little beat up and has kind of plateaued now you, you look at the ohio state game 
Um, you wouldn't know it necessarily say that, but they didn't they didn't freight train Ohio State like they have the, the prior two years. I need to see Michigan win that game at scrimmage because that is their bread and butter. If they can't do that, they don't win because they've been playing shark face ball with Sharon Moore calling plays and they are playing old school established the running game football. They've played very conservatively the last month. They have run the ball. I am not at all convinced that Blake Corum can run against this defense. I'll, the other thing is, so Dave, when have you ever seen them? I mean, have you ever really remember them seeing them open up the offense? Even even the, the last couple of years, they just want to they want to strangle you. They just want to strangle you. I don't think they can strangle Alabama. Even this kind of off brand, off year Alabama. If you want to take a minute and scratch that, you can you can do it right now. Are you? I only needed like a couple seconds. <laughs> you got to scratch that itch, Jones. You can take a break. Um, <laughs> I don't know why that caught my eye. Uh, <laughs> maybe I should do my chart. My, oh, hey, for people that are not, are listening and not lo- and not looking at it, it was good my luck. Yeah. Isn't scratching anything else. Thank God, that's the the message to that. Comes, that comes off camera. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm picking Alabama. What's the line on that game? Isn't Michigan favored? It's like one or one and a half, and I think it's going to go back and forth. All like, right. I'm all with Alabama game. there. What are, what are you? Yeah, I'm Alabama. I am Alabama. I just – I well, and I, I don't know because I didn't get to watch them, but I just think that people are forgetting that – this is going to sound awful, but Michigan had a pretty decided advantage before the controversy <laughs> surfaced about stealing signals. I don't think they've been the same team since they had to play it straight. Really? Yeah. Okay. All right. Offense and defense. If you don't know, I mean, they knew essentially, the, isn't the argument they knew what was coming? If you don't know what's coming, it's a little bit different, right? You hate to say that, huh? I do. I don't, I don't think you have to hate to say that. I think <laughs> you just I said it. That's a factor. They were just, I know they didn't play great teams, but they were, it just looked like the last couple of years, the TCU game, the TCU said they knew that. They knew this. They knew they were stealing signs, and they had dummy signals. That was great, dummy signals. That, that yeah. makes that explains that result, right? Doesn't yeah, it? makes perfect sense. But I yeah. think that Michigan is a little bit has come back to earth a little bit because of this. And I think they're playing quite a bit close to vest, the close to the vest. It seems like they're all of a sudden searching, feeling their way in these games, and not being very decisive at all because they don't have the advantage they had. They're certainly not going to have the advantage. And also Roman Wilson, who was a really good receiver for many weeks of the season, I thought was having a bust out year, kind of has shrunk back into um, that, that, that established running game kind of offense. I don't think you're going to be able to, to gum the game to death against Alabama. I think you're going to have to prove it at scrimmage. I wonder if Michigan can do it. They might. This is the best team Harbaugh has had. I think you'd agree with that, right? Yeah, or not? I would. Um, all things considered, because McCarthy has really matured. I think J.J. McCarthy has to conclusively outplay Milrow for Michigan to win. Uh, will he? He could. He could do that because he's established himself. Milrow really hasn't. He's just had a, a couple of good games here. Uh, I, I doubt that's going to happen. Um, the other game, I think, is a total pick 'em. Uh, I think it could go either way. I don't. I don't see a huge advantage either way. 
Um, it's a really interesting situation in that Sark is going to play his his old school, which he kind of ditched. You know, he was a USC assistant. You remember when we out, went out there for the Rose Bowl in 08? Uh, he was the offensive coordinator under Pete Carroll, who was kind of his mentor. And he was a fun guy to talk to. Uh, I don't know if you talked to him during interviews and, and any of that. but That was the Mark was, Sanchez game, was it not? Yes, he was a blast to talk to. Remember when when, when Penn State played cover three? <laughs> I don't even know, like, I don't know what I would call it. I would call the Sanchez 35 yards deep. And he just, that's he that's an umbrella. Like yeah. 404 yards. So he just kept going into the, the – Sanchez, the the why who was the wideout? The wideout was really funny after the game. He said, "We had to, we took a like as a quarter to realize they're playing cover three. <laughs> they just started throwing slant routes underneath it. That was that. Uh, <clears throat> but Steve Sarkeesian is an interesting guy. He had alcohol problems. He was having them up in Seattle." When he was the coach there, uh, he made a very quick exit back to USC when that job became available. And then his issue really exploded and he had to resign. Um, and he's made a really good, admirable comeback. It's very clear right now he, that he's clear-headed and he's clean. And Texas has looked – that that's a tough situation to jump into, man, because you talk about – you talk about meddling donors. Oh, my God. It's – I just happen to, I've got my niece and my nephew both went to Texas. I've got a lot of friends in the media, Steve Richardson, people from, from Texas. I've, I met a lot of these guys back in 96 when we did the Fiesta Bowl, the Ricky, when Ricky Williams was a freshman um, in, in Phoenix. And I've just heard stories over and over about what a horrible meddling cauldron of donor nonsense there is there. and. It's hard. It's hard for any coach to to be a head coach there because it's like having 12 owners if you're a pro football uh, coach. Uh, he's done a terrific job. And um, Quinn Ewers has played really, really well. Did you did you watch any of the Oklahoma State game? I was wrong about that. Too. To me, the 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 win at Alabama, even though it was early in the season, was very – but, I mean, it's, it's, it's hard for me to take – the most of the Big Twelve very seriously, uh, just the style of play. But I would all, Dave. I would almost say, other than a couple of teams, it's it's almost like the Pac twelve, just in a different geographic area, because they just they they they're high scoring games. Defense is optional in, in the minds of a lot of uh, coaching staffs, and I'm just curious to see. Uh, I think I do think that Texas might be a little bit more, a little bit more athletic. I was surprised. Oregon did not win uh, the second meeting. I was really surprised. So was I. Yeah. Close to Washington. But we were watching that together and texting back and forth, and you were saying Oregon's not it, man, and like in the middle of the first quarter. And I was seeing this. I was seeing the same things you were. They just weren't physical at all. I thought I saw the game at in Salt Lake City against Utah and thought, wow, now this this is finally a physical. Dan Lanning has put together a physical Pac-12 team. Well, no, it was the same. It was the same old crap. And and I'll tell you something else. Michael Penix, who we knew very well, and Kalen DeBoer, who was his offensive coordinator under Tom Allen at Indiana, um, really benefited from playing in the Pac-12. That's my, that's my 
thing. Yes, he built-in wins there, much like if he played in the Big Ten. If he played against the Big Ten West this year, there were some built-in wins. Yeah, it was like a, a non-stop Big 12. And it, it's kind of like the Big 12, really. I mean, it's perfect league for Penix to just stand back there and fling it, you know, you know, and, and he didn't get much pressure. He, he didn't. He didn't get the stuff that he got in the Big Ten. Uh, who crushed him from Penn State? I can never remember. Brandon Smith. Brandon Smith, yeah. I never thought he was going to – I thought he would never play again. He looked like he broke multiple bones in that on that hit. Yeah, he was rolling rolling left, and yeah, it was bad. Uh, he didn't get that in the Pac-12 too much. And he had a lot of free pockets and a lot of time to throw. And was Washington was more physical than – Clean pockets, yep. Yeah, almost everyone in the league. Uh, Utah wasn't very Dave. I think if Texas can can disrupt him in the pocket and rough him up a little bit, it's going to be hard for Washington. But if it looks like if it looks like a Pac-12 game, I, Washington's probably going to win. Yeah, I'm torn that way. And what I'm going to do is say I don't quite trust Michael Penix as much as Quinn Ewers. So, and, and I, I I think Kalen DeBoer probably has the edge in in the coaching there. Uh, because Sark, I don't know that he's built like an entire program and the, the way he would like to build it, but he's still an offensive mind. He's still an offensive guy. I'll, I'll pick, I I'll pick Texas by this much. Um, but I'm not confident about it at all. What is the line there? I didn't look at that either. Uh, I, th- I think actually Washington is favorite. Yeah. I, I believe they, they were. Yeah. I, I agree with you. I'm, I'm, I'm picking an Alabama, Texas rematch. I am undecided. I'd like to see. The thing is, I don't know. I don't know. I guess we'll be back in time to see the games because it's not until it's two days after Penn State plays. So I'll be able to see them. But I really I haven't really had a chance to see Texas and Alabama much. I I mean, I didn't watch enough of the Texas Oklahoma State game, but it wasn't really worth watching. I was impressed with Alabama against Georgia, but I do think it's going to be a rematch. I think they're the two most talented teams left. Yeah, uh, that's. But Washington should not be minimized because I think they're they're a very good team across the board. Uh, but I do think they they kind of had something to play for against Oregon. They were sick of hearing that Oregon's going to win this game. Crap, that will not be with them in this game. Plus, they're going to have a, essentially a road game. They're going to have to go into. You can drive from from Austin to New Orleans. A lot of a lot of those people will. They'll just drive it. They're not getting in planes. It's it's an it's a it's a hard flight. Regardless, you can't get a direct flight from Seattle to New Orleans. I don't think. And those people are going to be few and far between compared to Texas fans. Texas fans are going to flood that place, the Superdome. And I I wouldn't doubt that they're going to be at least seventy five twenty five in their favor. Uh, and that's that should play a pack a factor. Play a, play a factor, too. Dave, we got 60 seconds left. I got two questions for you. Just right off the top of your head. Number one, who wins Army-Navy? And number two, who is the greatest player in Naval Academy history? Roger Staubach is the greatest. Correct. You only wanted to, to revel, revel in Roger Staubach. I did. Because I did. Who, wins not, who, who wins? Why is your, I don't have any idea who wins. Yeah, I, I'll pick Air Force, okay? That's why. <laughs> I do know something about Air Force because their DB coach is there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right, guys, we got to run. We'll be back, I think, next week. Who knows what we're going to talk about next week? I mean, it's it's going to be closer to Penn State's Peach Bowl game. 
we'll have the Army Navy result. Well, also we could talk about the Heisman Trophy uh, conclusion as well, because that'll be wrapped up. So plenty to get to here in early December. Dave Jones, as always, I'm going to scratch my other armpit as a sign off. And I'm, uh, I'm asking you to stop. <laughs> I'm, and I'm going no lower than that. <laughs> This has been the Blue White Breakdown, brought to you by Penn Live.